Hey, it's Kirsten. Do you feel like you're spending way too much money on supplements? When I started out on my health journey, I was also shocked about how expensive high quality supplements were, especially as I was upping how many I was taking. That's why when I became a practitioner back in 2018, I started offering my clients a way to save up to 25% off many of their supplements through a company called Wellevate, which is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E. Through Wellevate, you can order many of the supplements that you're already taking, like Pure Encapsulations, Gaia Herbs, Enzymetica, and others at discounts of up to 25% off retail. And shipping is free for orders over $49 within the United States. The only way to buy supplements through Wellevate is through a practitioner, and I will earn a small commission at no additional cost to you while you're saving money. So if you want to start saving upwards of 25% off your supplement bill, go to the resources page on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash resources and go to the Wellevate section. You don't have to be a client, just set up your account and start saving. I'm Kirsten Ramstrom, former Wall Street analyst turned holistic health warrior. In 2015, I suffered from chronic allergies, lifelong back pain, and fatigue and brain fog that were so bad that I feared I had a brain tumor. Then I found the first medical medium book, and I quickly recovered from these symptoms plus many others. Fast forward through all of my trial and error and hard lessons learned, and now I'm using all of that knowledge and experience to support people just like you as you heal. I created the Quest for Healing podcast to give you clarity on what a health journey really looks like, guidance to get you through challenges that you may come up against, and support and inspiration here whenever you need it. So if you're looking to take control of your health so that you can move forward with your life, you're in the right place. Welcome to episode 96. I have a very timely episode for you this week as the Independence Day holiday is fast approaching here in the U.S., Fireworks shows have always been a big tradition for the 4th of July, and when I used to live in a high-rise in downtown Chicago, I had a wonderful view looking west over the suburbs and could literally see hundreds of fireworks shows going off all evening on the 4th, and I loved to just sit and watch it, and I always thought of it as something that was really special. But what I never thought about was what's in the fireworks and what kinds of chemicals and toxins they were expelling into the air. Well, in this week's episode, Allie Anderson returns to the podcast. You may remember her from Quest for Healing episode number 58, where she talked about how her young son, Anders, had recovered from eczema that had covered his entire little body. She is back this week because last summer, Anders started having severe breathing issues after watching an up-close fireworks show last year on the 4th of July. And while the symptoms were clear, the fact that the fireworks were the trigger was not. So we'll talk through how his terrifying breathing issues started, how she was finally able to figure out that the fireworks were the trigger, and the steps that she took that some considered extreme, but that she considered vital to help Anders heal. And stay tuned until the end, because we'll also talk about how she felt her brain literally overheating from the trauma of this experience, and how she's been supporting her own body since then. So if you love a good fireworks show, or if you have symptoms that you're trying to get the bottom of, or if you haven't been able to focus on yourself as much as you'd like because you are supporting others, 
this episode is for you. So with no further ado, let's dive right in. Allie, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. It's so great to see you again. And it's so great to see you again too, Kirsten. I'm so glad we get to do this. And I'm so thankful that you reached out because your story has taken such an interesting turn since the first time that you were on the podcast. And it's both you and your son. So I'm so excited to delve deeper into this. Yes, I'm very excited to share this this next chapter in our story. So <laughs> so it sounds like it all started about a year ago. Why didn't you tell us what happened? Yeah, so, well, so looking at the time, I had no idea. So this is all, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But what happened was, and Anthony speaks about this, we were up at a cabin and some neighbors were doing some fireworks and my children ran over and they were doing the personal ones, you know, so they were very close. I had the baby. So I know, I remember last time I was on, I had, I think I had told you that I was pregnant. So now I have a beautiful baby girl and um, she just turned, <laughs> thank you. She's wonderful. She just turned one. So I was with her inside and I remember looking out and I did, you know, I called out and I said, Hey, I would like you guys to get away from those, but it, you know, kids will be kids. And they were, they ran up and didn't think a lot else of it. And he, you know, was fine that night. Cause he was perfectly healthy that weekend and everything was great. It, it seemed great. So then about a week later, the next weekend, we went to a, another friend's cabin. Um, this was, just another friend of mine who had some children herself. So we brought the kids up. And one of the days that we were up there, it was very hot. Like we were outside all day. It was probably a hundred degrees. You know, we, they had, they had water and snacks, but it's hard to stay on top of it when it's that hot and they're playing and spending so much energy. So after a while, it was the afternoon and I could see that he wasn't acting himself and he didn't seem well he really wanted to go on the tube but I could tell he didn't feel well and it, it was a, you know but I didn't want him to miss out on his opportunity so he he went out with his friend and all of a sudden when they were done he was in the water and I could see in his eyes he looks he had a life jacket on but I could see he looked scared and I, I was like, Anders, Anders, what's, what's happening? Are you okay? And he, he started crying. He was like, mom, I can't swim back to the boat. And I jumped in and I swam to him and I got him and I pulled him in and he was just, you know, I gave him a bunch of water and he was just kind of definitely not himself, but he still, you know, he could breathe still at that point. Then we got back to the cabin and we, everyone was almost like a lot of people that at that moment weren't feeling great it was just it had been too long it had been a long day so we took them all back to the cabin air conditioning we gave them water food and all of a sudden he comes up to me with tears in his eyes and he's he's like mom I can't breathe and I was just this had never happened before I was absolutely like in a panic and I was just like okay you're okay. Let's just lay down in this room with me. Let's rest. I, I don't know what's going on, but I, I'm sure that you're okay. So let's just relax. So then he laid down. Then he decided he wanted to get up and go play again. He didn't want to miss out. So he would feel better. And then he'd get up about 10 minutes later. And 
I was like, okay, weird, something weird just happened, but everything's fine. Um, and again, I had the baby and I had my other son too. So I was pretty overwhelmed. My husband wasn't there. It was just mom. So 15 minutes later, he comes back again for, he went back outside to play with the kids. He comes back again. He's crying. He's like, I can't breathe again. And I just, and I, at that moment, I kind of looked at his, and I'm very unfamiliar with all this stuff. Now I know all this stuff (laughs) very well, but I looked and I could see that his stomach was moving a little weird when he was breathing. And I was like, this seems very bad. I don't know what's happening, but this seems very bad. I told the other moms, they packed us up in 10 minutes and we were on our way home because we were not in a place I was familiar with. We are in a small town and I was like, we need to get close to a hospital. I don't know what's happening, but we need to go. And so I put them in the car. I They had called a friend of ours who was a, a nurse and I was on the phone with her and she was like, this is what you need to look for. So I'm trying to drive and I'm trying to make sure he's, you know, breathing okay. And it was very traumatizing, but all the things she told me to look for were like, she's like, this means it's an emergency and you need to pull over and call an ambulance if these things happen. And so, you know, I just, and he, he was passing these little tests. My gut was that he's, this is not like a life-threatening emergency right now. So I just was like, keep driving just get home. It was, you know, a little under a two hour drive. So it wasn't that far. And, and the air conditioning was blasting. He was still drinking water. By the time we got home, you know, I was prepared to go straight to urgent care, but by the time we got home, he had kind of recovered. And I think because he wasn't actually sick that time, there was no viral and active viral infection. I think it was just sort of heat stroke. He came out of it very quickly. So, um, we got home and I thought, okay, that was a weird thing, but maybe he inhaled something in the garage. Maybe, you know, I don't know what happened, but he's fine now. And he was fine for about four weeks. And then I would say there was another episode at the end of the summer, probably late August, where he did get a virus. And at this point, it started again. The I can't breathe, the retracted breathing and this time, since we were at home, we went straight to urgent care. And at that time, you know, they do those initial tests on you to make sure it's not like a life-threatening emergency. At that time, his his vitals and his stats were okay enough that we didn't get shuffled right back. We did have to go back out into the waiting room. And they said that the wait that day was four to six hours. So we we did sit there for about an hour, but after about an hour, he again, was saying, you know what, mom, I feel better. I feel fine. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go home. So it was a tough decision, but we ended up just leaving because it was going to be a lot more hours. His retracted breathing stopped and that sort of was the end of that episode. But now in my mind now, I'm like, okay, there's something going on. I don't know what's happening. He also plays a ton of sports and he never had issues when running around like he didn't have issues if as long as he stayed hydrated in the heat how old was he now at this point at this point he was still five he was five and a half yeah so in my mind I I knew something was happening but I didn't quite get it I'm not versed you know I'm versed very well versed in eczema at this point and the issues that I have personally faced but asthma, things of that nature were 
I, you know, I had zero experience. I didn't know the terminology. I didn't know anything. So I was like, it doesn't seem like he has asthma because he, you know, he doesn't have any issues when he's running around as long as he's hydrated. It's more just virally induced. And now I do know that virally induced asthma is a thing. I didn't really know that at the time, but so we left that time, but my mind is kind of going now. And so fast forward to Halloween, this was when he got influenza and this was making a lot of kids sick at this time. Even my other son, who doesn't tend to really get sick at all, was quite sick for five five to seven days. So Anders was very sick for a couple days. And then at about day three, I had been upstairs. I went downstairs and I looked at him and it was, again, it was like something in his eyes. Something was not right. And I waved at him and he shook his head like he didn't even want to pick his arm up to wave at me. And I was like, there's something wrong. And I, I know, I know my child. I know that there's something wrong with him. I rushed to Target and I bought one of those pulse oximeters. And this is another thing I didn't even know about until this whole fiasco. And I put it on his finger and his oxygen was very low. And when I Googled the levels, it was like, go to the ER immediately. So we went immediately to the ER and at this time they rushed him back. There was a wait, but they didn't even want him to go in the waiting room. It was very scary. They rushed him back. He got put on oxygen and an IV and they wanted lung x-ray. You know, he had to do all this stuff and then he was admitted. And that time he stayed for five days. What were the doctors telling you at this point? At this point, it was very frustrating because I was begging for like, why I told him his history and how it had started so recently. And I was like, what could be causing this? And they were like, I don't know. It was, you know, they were like, it could just be this virus. And I'm like, but it's not because I, this is now the third time and something is happening. Something happened to him. And I don't know what it is. And I want you to tell me, and no one could tell me. They didn't, you know, nobody really knew, you know, he, the chest x-ray came back with like the most mild, maybe pneumonia, you know, it was like maybe pneumonia, but not enough to like explain this. You know, there was no answers. It was really, really stressful. So then at this point with my medical medium background, I'm going like, I'm going crazy. I'm reading every book. Oh, and the brain books had not come out yet, or maybe they were just about to come out, but they had not been released yet. So I'm reading the old books. I listened to the asthma podcast. At this time, I was gathering all the information and I was trying to have something like that aha moment, like that clicks. That's like, this explains it because I know that it's not autoimmune. I know from Anthony's teachings that his body's not attacking itself suddenly. I know that none of that is happening. But I didn't understand what was going on because he had healed from eczema so beautifully. And we had kept up our medical medium diet. I mean, he wasn't perfect anymore. Kids are, it's tough to keep kids perfect. But I mean, he had been doing so much stuff. We'd been doing celery juice. You know, we'd been doing heavy metal detox smoothies. He never eats eggs. You know, we had been doing a great job. So this was so confusing. It was so hard. And I never got that aha moment. So at this point, we did 
amp up our medical medium. You know, we got better. We stopped, you know, the cheating days or whatever. I kept him out of situations where there would be foods that he shouldn't eat. But so then he recovered, he came home and then in between he's great. It's like, it's like nothing ever happened. He went to hockey. He was skating hard. It was, it was great. So then fast forward again to December and he Again, another virus. And it's interesting because Anthony did say it was like a a six week, every six weeks, there was going to be something and it was perfectly aligned. It was every six weeks. So six weeks later, it was about mid-December. Same thing. He got a virus. I could hear the heavy breathing starting. You know, that's when my anxiety just, and we'll get to this later, but I suffered a lot after all this because of the the stress and the trauma and all that. But, you know, you could, and almost the worst part became the anticipation because now I kind of know and I'm expecting it. And so, yep, all the signs, you know, started happening. Oh, and I, I have to, I have to point out that and say, cause it's important. I did make an appointment with a pulmonologist and I made one during that first hospital stay. They referred me, I made the appointment, but unfortunately the wait time to get in was like three months. So we were just waiting. So all these things were happening now before we were able to get into the pulmonologist just to make sure to check everything out, make sure there's no lung damage, whatever. So then the retracted breathing started again. And same thing back to the emergency room admitted this time, it was not nearly as serious of a virus this time. So he was there for just one night, but it was still, it was pretty low oxygen, very low oxygen. In fact, to the point where they did not feel comfortable releasing him. So he, yeah, so he spent the night in the hospital. And again, at this point, pretty much still, I'm just kind of reaching out to members of the medical medium community, like asking people their experiences. I am, I mean, I didn't stop. I was like, I got to figure this out because nothing's clicking and it just does, nothing is seeming right to me. So I'm talking to a bunch of other people. I, you know, I'm, taking in as much information as I can get. And fast forward again, six weeks later, right on schedule, he gets another bad virus. Sadly, this was his birthday. So he was turning six and we had to cancel his birthday party because he got sick again. And it was really stressful this time too, because my daughter and I had traveled to go see my sister. So we'd been on an airplane and we got sick first. And I felt very sick and I had a, I had a fever. And so just like knowing that it's so hard to contain germs when you have a baby and a almost six year old and a, another child at home, it was like that anticipation again. And I could feel the moment when like, I genuinely believe I suffered like some sort of brain overheating episode. It was like, I, all of a sudden the dog would bark and I would just jump 10 feet. I mean, it, my nerves were shot. That's all I can all I can describe it as my nerves were shot. So he got sick again, this time ER, all the same, all the same story. And the third time, I believe it was three nights in the hospital. And oddly enough, it was in, within days of that third hospitalization that his pulmonology appointment was scheduled. So he got out of the hospital and we went to his appointment a couple of days later. And our doctor was wonderful. I was actually terrified to go to this appointment because I was very scared of some bedside manner that was maybe not so great that was going to tell me 
he's got asthma and it's really bad and it's going to be for life. And, you know, I didn't know what they were going to say, but it was really scary. And, but I knew I needed to just go just to like get it tested out and just know. And so his lung function came back perfect. It was better than average for his age. There was really no, the doctor was wonderful. He was, I loved him. (laughs) I was so scared that it was going to be such a bad experience, but it was not, it was a wonderful experience. And so that was great. And that was really, really good to know and really good peace of mind for me. I think you make such a great point there that sometimes it is important to go to the doctor because they can run tests and they can look at things and they do have experience in some of these areas that we don't know much about. And it can bring a lot of peace of mind. I know there's a lot of people in our community who hate going to the doctor and trust me, I get that too, because I've been to plenty of them myself and had a lot of issues, but I, I love that that worked out so well for you. And it's great that you found such a great doctor. Yep. You know, it was a good lesson for me because it was, I'm one of those two. I try to avoid the doctor, but there is a time and place and it is important, I think, to get checked out. And even Anthony says that, you know, it's like, get checked out with the tools they have and then use the tools he has as well. So I was glad that we did it and it was a great experience. And he reassured me that Anders, there was nothing wrong with him. He was perfectly healthy. And now we did have some medications just in case. Um, we've never had to use them, but I'll get to that more later. So yeah, it was it was a great experience. So now the light bulb moment for me, this ended up actually coming. I was sitting in the hospital with Unders on the last, the third hospitalization. And there were two amazing women in the medical medium community who I had been talking with quite a bit who had sent me an email with there was a medical medium practitioners Facebook group that existed before the books. I'm sure you're aware of it. They had sent me their notes from this group. And I was reading through them. And I was like, I'm going to read every word of this email. I kind of thought I already knew all of it because I listened to the podcast. I had read, read all the books. But and oh, the other thing I should mention is that the brain saver books did come out during this time. But I am such a meticulous reader of these books that I had not gotten to the part yet where he mentions fireworks, but he does mention them in the book. So the answers were there, but I don't know how long it would have taken me to find them. Those books are, they're a time investment. <laughs> they really are. They, yeah. I mean, they're so packed full of information, but yes, it takes, especially me, I highlight, I'm I, <laughs> such a nerd when I read them. So So anyway, they had sent me these notes from this medical medium practitioners group. And there is a tiny little blurb hidden amongst all the other information that says that, you know, there's no regulations on fireworks. There's no eyeballs. They are a brew of horrible toxins and heavy metals. And they are very bad for anyone with any sort of respiratory issue. And that they can be a trigger too. So all of a sudden, so I read that and something in my mind was like, okay, wait a minute. So I go back and I look at the pictures that I had taken that weekend that he had had his first episode. And I'm like, okay, this was July 12th. I go back one week earlier and it's, it's the boys right up close in this fireworks display. And I'm like, oh my God, it felt like, and this is like what Anthony says, when you know why 
it's half the battle won. And it, it, it felt like the last, you know, I could cry even thinking about it because all that pressure I had had on my shoulders the last six months, however long we had been dealing with this at this point was lifted. And I was like, that is it. It makes sense now. And so he had heavy metals, basically toxic poison stuck in the mucus in his lungs. This is a little harder to heal than eczema where, you know, it, you could kind of tailor your protocol to what you wanted out of your healing for eczema. But, you know, he says in the podcast too, he recommends the 28 day cleanse. So, you know, that's kind of a lot to ask of a, of a just turned six year old. But I was like, I don't see any other choice here. And if he's back in school, this is just going to happen again. And I, I can't put any of us through this again. At this point, I was starting to show the signs of my health even being affected. And we can talk about that later. But so I made the decision to pull him out of school for four weeks. And, you know, a lot of my family thought that was a little crazy, but I don't didn't care. It's sort of sad that you can't send your kid to school with a huge bag of fruit without people thinking that there's something wrong. <laughs> so I knew that he needed to be at home with me and that I could heal him. And that is what I needed to do because I couldn't put anyone, I couldn't put us through this again. So luckily he has an amazing doctor. We have a really gem of a little practice around here. So he wrote a note, not that he even needed it. He's only in kindergarten and apparently actually kindergarten isn't required by law, you know, by law in quotes in this state. But so anyway, he wrote me a note. Anders came home. He missed four weeks of school. We did a 28 day cleanse. I modified it a little bit because I did want him to have his comfort foods at night. So we would do some cooked potatoes at night with guacamole if he wanted to dip it in something. But he ate fruit during the day. I got really creative. I cleared out the snack drawer. We got applesauce pouches. We got honey, those little individual honey packets. Um, Wyman's makes a great fruit cup. It's wild blueberries, strawberries, and banana with a little sugar in the banana, but it's fine because it's fat-free. We did dried mangoes, which he loves, and then some dates, which he's hit or miss with, <laughs> heavy metal detox smoothies, other smoothies, and then just chopped fruits and vegetables. Does he like the heavy metal detox smoothie? Had he had that before? Oh, he loves it. Yes. He had it all throughout his journey with eczema. So they're very used to that. <laughs> Great. And I'm even to the point where I can put more cilantro in it and they don't complain. So it's great. And that took a little while, but but we're there. <laughs> That's awesome. He, you know, it's, he's so lucky that you got to him with all of this so early in life because it's just how he's used to eating. Exactly. He doesn't know any different. And he knows that mom hands him a smoothie. He's expected to drink it. <laughs> so yeah. And then we did a heavy metal detox brain shot every day. That is specifically is there is listed on that shot that it is to be used if you have an exposure to fireworks. So I thought, perfect, <laughs> we'll use this. And then I did follow a couple other of the tips for lung, general lung health. There's a broth out of made out of radish, onion, and celery that Anthony recommends. And then there is some, just the supplements. So we did, you know, nettle, lemon balm, zinc, B12. And then I would do an MSM capsule. I'd put it in a little wild blueberry juice. So he would do that. 
And then we also would ask the angel of enrichment every time he would have his brain shots or smoothies or supplements to make sure that it was guided to his lungs and that it cleared out his lungs and fixed his problems that he was facing at this time. So how did he handle 28 days of this? Like, how'd that go? You know what? I do think he is an old soul, this child. He understood. He did not complain. I, Because I explained it to him. I said, you have some stuff stuck in your lungs. Nothing that happened to you is your fault. But you, we do need to clear it out. And this is exactly how it's going to clear out. And then you don't have to deal with going to the hospital anymore because he hated being there. He hated being separated from his brother and his sister. It was It was very sad. So he understood. And he actually did not complain ever. I was actually, I was amazed, honestly, at how well it went. I did let him probably play video games more than, (laughs) more than he should, but I wanted him to enjoy himself. I figured a month of more video games than we should do is worth the healing and him being willing to do it. So we did it and we completed it. And, but I knew I couldn't fully relax until he got sick again because that was going to be the true test. And in April, I think in my video I posted online, in April, he got sick. And it was at least two days of 101 or 102 fever. So it was a substantial illness. And he, not once did he have a, a breathing problem. And it like, again, I could cry. <laughs> it was just like this weight lifted off. And like, it also... I'll say that I was put back in the beginner position. Like we dealt with the eczema and then I felt like a professional. And it's like, you deal with something new and you're right back there. Like, is this going to work? How do I do this? I don't know what to do. And it was just like that reassurance that like, yes, you figured it out again. It will work. It has never been proven wrong and you can do it. And now he's been sick since that that time in April, he has been sick one, one other time. And again, no breathing issues. He didn't even have to do the inhaler, which is like the mildest of the medications they've given us. He didn't even have to do that. So it was another miracle. Truly. That's amazing. I mean, I, I, I love your point about how, you know, you feel like you're an expert and then something else happens and it sends you right back to the books. And I just had some of that too. I was trying to help somebody close to me who had something new that I hadn't even had any clients who had dealt with this. And it's like, okay, well, I was sitting there in the hospital and I had my iPad and I'm like, well, I have all the books except for the brain saver protocols. I have all the books on my iPad. So I just sat there and I just copy passages out and stick them in my notes section. And it's like, okay, well, here's everything he talks about on that topic. I know there's, you know, I can go through the list of the podcasts. Like there's so many resources. It's so wonderful. And yeah, there are a bunch of practitioner groups that have really good info in them too, that you can do searches on. But even a lot of the, just the non-practitioner Facebook groups, the search functions in there are invaluable. And I know people use them because all of a sudden I'll notice threads that I had commented on from two years ago, you'll start seeing likes and it's like, oh yeah, somebody went searching because they were looking for something. But yeah, it stinks to start over, but it is amazing that it just keeps working. Yeah. That's great. We have that experience now. So now we can help because it it's one of the scariest things you can go through is to see your child feel like they can't breathe. So my heart goes out to any parent that is dealing with that, but I would love for him to, again, be able to 
you know, be an example of how we can fix these things. Absolutely. And how empowering, right? Totally empowering. (laughs) Really, truly. So talk to me a little bit about the journey that you went through, through all of this. Because, you know, you were saying there was a lot of trauma. It's really scary. And for a lot of us, we know that that affects our health when we're going through that. So talk to me about how that affected you and how you were able to support yourself. Yes. So, so it started with, you know, the first couple episodes that were, that was a little milder and I didn't quite know what was happening then. So I don't know if that so much, but I would imagine the trauma was accumulating. (laughs) And then it was the, really that first hospitalization that I started feeling like something was changing with me. But also I think your body knows, like your body powers you through. And I think that's another thing he talks about is like these reserves that we build up are important. I mean, so it just shows how important it is to do this stuff, even when you feel good, because I didn't really feel any symptoms until it was the last hospitalization. I, like I said, I did feel that moment where like, I seriously know that my brain overheated because now I've been reading about what happens in brain saver and the stress just caused my brain to overheat. And I felt a big shift. And then within a couple weeks. So then I got the answers. And then I think maybe my body was sort of like, okay, now you know, and, and then kind of things started piling on. So it started with a sciatica flare, which I dealt with on and off in my life for a very long time, but I had not dealt with since I started medical medium. So that was the first thing that happened. And then after that, I started getting like these twitches in my legs. So neurological, which was a little scary for me now, knowing that that can be very serious if you don't, you know, if you don't have the tools to fix it. And then I noticed like after I had exercise, it was like my legs would just light up like the back of my legs, there would just be twitches all over. And it, and I was like, okay, this is, this is a little weird. There's another aspect to this, which is ended up being a, you know, a silver lining was my last thing that I had just a heck of a time with was the caffeine. (laughs) I will admit I do all the tools, but I have the hardest time with giving up caffeine totally. And when I was really stressed, it was kind of like, I didn't have capacity to worry about myself. It was all about him in this moment. So I would have some coffee because it was just, I was so stressed. It was just something that, you know, I don't know, a little comfort blanket in a horrible way. But, um, so then I noticed that after I would have even a tiny cup of coffee, my hands would tingle. And I spent like, I'd walk up the stairs and my hands would get tingly. And I was like, okay, this isn't, this is not good. We're going to need to address this. So yeah, neurological. And then it even got to the point where my thumb would twitch. Like it would, this only happened one day where it was like uncontrollable, but it twitched like it moved on its own. And I was like, okay, this, and this was actually pretty recent because I focused on him for that whole month. And then I was just kind of like had that pill fatigue for a little while after that, because I just needed a break from everything. Did you do the 28 day cleanse with him at the same time? So we all did it at home. I will admit again, when I was stressed, I would like go get, I would still keep it mostly within the guidelines, but I would go get something here and there because I, you know, it was just so stressful and that he was the important one in that moment, but we all did a good job at home. But yeah, when I was out and about, it wasn't always perfect, but, but yeah. So, so then I started, yeah. So I started really getting back with my celery juice and 
all that stuff. And I knew that I, the coffee had to go. And I will say that this has been so much different than any other time that I've stopped drinking coffee because all those other times I always still felt really great, but I just knew it was bad for me. So I was this time, there's nothing like laying in your bed and feeling like your legs twitch, knowing how serious that really could be. Like it gave me a glimpse into people who really have dealt with really, really awful things. And I have so much sympathy for people because it's so scary and you get in your head it gave me that perspective. And I think something really changed in my mind that time. And I stopped drinking coffee and I will never go back again. It's like when I stopped drinking alcohol three and a half years ago, it was just all of a sudden one day I was like, never again. And I never did. And it feels the same way now with coffee this time. It's that was it, you know? So there's always silver linings that come out of these horrible experiences when you have this information that can bring you through it. I hate to think what would have happened or where I'd be right now if I didn't have this information. Honestly, it's such a blessing to have it. And so when I stopped drinking coffee within days, the twitching stopped, you know, I get like one every other day, maybe now. And I've been doing, you know, celery juice, lemon water, celery juice, heavy metal detox smoothie. I'm totally back on. I'm doing everything. And so it's all going away. The sciatica has gone, no tingles, nothing. So I'm very happy to say that all these things are resolving quickly. And I do know how lucky I am that I don't have to suffer through that for long periods of time, because I know that there's people that those take a long time. And that was part of what was so scary about it is I was like, is this going to be something that I have to deal with in myself for a year. I you know, I didn't know, but here I am and we're doing well. So we're, we've gotten to a good place, but it was it was a hard hard year. You make such a great point about how we can definitely for those of us who've been on this a long time, it doesn't mean that nothing comes up. It just means that when something comes up, you've got to hit it again because there's something going on and you know, especially with Andre's story about the fireworks, you you just don't know where those triggers are going to come from sometimes. And earlier this year, I started getting a little bit of tinnitus in my right ear, which I've had that over time, but not probably since I started medical medium, like probably 15 years ago, I had it and it was worse, maybe 25 too. But it started up and I was like, okay, well, there's viral activity and it's bouncing around in my ear. Okay. What do you do? You do a cleanse. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. And it's amazing that because we have done so much essentially foundational work, having been on this for so long, that our bodies can respond generally very quickly to things like that. It just needs to be put on notice again that I'm sorry, no, we're in charge. <laughs> the viruses are not in charge. You need to just calm calm yourself down there and get out. But it is what a gift to have this information. So what would be your advice to somebody who has all of a sudden found themselves in one of these scary moments, either with themselves or when, when they're trying to help somebody else out, especially if it's one of their kids? What do you think were some of the keys to helping you move forward? The biggest thing is don't be scared to do what you know you need to do. Like 
I went back and forth about pulling him out of school and part of me worried, what are people going to think? What are the teachers going to think? And then I asked myself, what is important here? My child not having breathing issues. (laughs) I don't care what they think. And so I just did it because I knew that that's what I needed to do. I also went through our snack drawers. I, you know, I locked up all the snacks that didn't fit the protocol. And I went and I filled it with applesauce pouches, you know, all the things I listed. I would also advice would be just talk to your kids. Like if you need to do this for your kids, explain to them how serious it is. And kids are so smart and they're also very intuitive still because they're so young. And I think that on some level they will take it better than maybe you'd expect them to. Mine certainly took it better than I thought he would. And I was just honest with him. So, and then just be prepared to, it was a lot of work. I mean, I had a chop, you know, I chopped him up apples a hundred times a day. (laughs) We cut up fruit. We bought already cut up fruit, which is very expensive, but we, you know, so just don't be scared to like do something that's seems crazy, but isn't crazy at, at all, actually. So that would be probably my biggest advice. Which is so interesting because so many people think this lifestyle to begin with is crazy. And I feel like for this one, you had to take it to sort of that next level, but that's what he needed. And amen. And I love that you've had two more rounds of him getting sick. So you've really been able to test drive this and no. And so we're recording this in June. Fourth of July is coming up. Any big plans this year? (laughs) No, <laughs> we are not. I, my husband doesn't even ask. We we're gonna stay home. We might go to a movie. You know, we'll do something fun. But we are. We will never. And he he gets it. He doesn't want to be near fireworks ever again. He's like I and my older son too. He's like I want to keep my brother safe and I want to keep myself safe. And you know what? It's good because I don't ever want to sound judgmental of anyone. But it really does pollute the environment. It scares the animals. My dogs hate them. <laughs> They're going to be happy to never be around that ever again. So we will be probably in a movie theater somewhere. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds fantastic. Well, Allie, thank you so much for coming back on to tell this. This is such a fascinating story. And I know that there are going to be people who benefit from this, whether it's from the fireworks piece of it or how you dogged at it to figure out what the root cause was and the resources that you use for that, or just making sure that they're taking care of themselves while they have all these things going around them. I think this is absolutely wonderful. And I'm so glad we got to catch up on this. Thank you. Thank you so much. And yes, it's not necessarily just fireworks. I think there's other stuff in the air that could, and not to, not to say it in a way to create fear, but there's other stuff that can get in their lungs. So just always remember their body's not attacking itself. You can heal your lungs. And if there's any kids out there suffering, I'd be happy to help. Fantastic. If people want to find you on social media, where can they look? Okay. So my handle is Allie and Apples, but it's spelled A-L-I-N-A-P-P-L-E-Z. Great. And I will put a link to that in the show notes so that people can find you. And I so appreciate this. Thank you so much, Kirsten. I appreciate you having me on. I hope you found this episode as invaluable as I did. 
I've included a lot in the show notes this week, starting with links to Allie's previous episode, the link to the Medical Medium Asthma Radio Show, and how you can find Allie on social media. I've also included links for some of the things that she mentioned, like a pulse oximeter, which is a helpful gadget if you or a loved one has breathing issues, and some of the clean and healthy snacks that she stocked in her kitchen for her kids. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, episode number 96, they are available through your podcast provider like Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you have followed Quest for Healing. And they are also on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash podcast. In the next episode of Quest for Healing, my guest is Akil Nirugadi, and we will talk through his inspirational story of how he recovered from OCD, Tourette's, IBS, sciatica, and adrenal fatigue. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, I hope you have a safe, healthy, and happy 4th of July if you're celebrating. Hey, it's Kirsten. Before I started out on my health journey, I didn't know how poisonous many of the cleaners I used in my home were. Then when I started trying to clean the toxins out of my body, I started to question if the cleaners I was using were just adding back more. And how does that make sense when we're using toxic chemicals to get things clean? So imagine how excited I was when I found non-toxic, fragrance-free, essential oil-free branch basics cleaners. Now I use them for many things around my house, including scrubbing my kitchen and bathroom, cleaning my juicer, and as the laundry detergent for cleaning my clothes. Plus, it's also the soap that I use to wash my fruit because it's also sodium laurel sulfate free. So check out branchbasics.com. Their starter kits make it so easy to get started and you can use my code carefullyhealing, which is all one word, for 15% off your purchase. And because I always wanna be upfront with you, this is an affiliate link, so I will earn a small commission if you buy using my code. But I only recommend this product because I love it and use it myself. So if you're ready to start cleaning your home with a healthier cleaner, go to branchbasics.com.